Hello, I'm Eric Charbro of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. I'm continuing my conversation with former Air Force CIO John Gilligan, a force behind CAG, the Consensus Audit Guidelines, 20 critical controls aimed at securing IT systems. In part one, Gilligan discussed how agencies should go about implementing CAG. He says he doesn't expect agencies to deploy all of the critical controls, at least not initially. Agencies, he says, pick and choose controls that they feel are most needed. And that approach isn't often appreciated by departmental inspectors general when they conduct IT security audits. As we resume our conversation, Gilgan addresses some of the concerns he has with the IG audits. You've got the IGs who can come in, and, and in fact, the whole IG review process is one that's not really provided a lot of value because the IGs come in without any criteria, and all they have to do is find potential problems. The agency says it doesn't matter what I do, the IG is going to find some problems. But the consensus audit guideline says, no, wait a minute, if you can define a subset and focus on them, and here's the criteria, here's how you evaluate whether you've been successful. The IG may say there's other stuff, but the response can be, yeah, but I'm focused on the most important things, and uh, and I'm making progress. Do you find value, though, in these IG reports, or do you think the IG system should be changed to address these problems differently? I think there is value, and some IGs do a better job than others. There's no doubt about it, and I certainly don't cast the, all of them with the same brush, but the lack of objective criteria and to some extent the lack of experience in many of the IG shops serves to create a situation where even well-performing organizations can find that their IG gives them a poor report. On the other hand, sometimes you can find that an organization that's really not doing very well gets a good IG report. Again, not because there's an objective evaluation against consistent criteria. It's just this particular IG organization perhaps is not as experienced or not as focused, et cetera. I think over time, and I know the GAO has been focusing on this, there's a need to train the IGs a bit better, come up with some guidelines and criteria so that an IG evaluation in one organization has some semblance to an IG evaluation in another organization and results are sort of comparable because that's a significant input to external observers. The constituency in Congress and elsewhere, as much as the organization officials would like to say, hey, we're doing a great job, they're looking for independent corroboration. So it's an important part of our governing system, but right now I don't think it's often adding the value that it could if we matured it a bit more. What's next with the consortium that did the hack? The focus right now is on tools. The team that generated the CAG has done has reached out to tool vendors with a couple of objectives. One is to identify where there are tools that align well with the various CAG individual controls, one or more, and to begin to assess how one would configure and integrate those tools to be able to provide, if you will, a, an automated environment, a collection of tools. What we have found is a couple of things that have been of interest uh, from my perspective. First, that the categorization of the 20 critical controls 
has proven to be a very useful taxonomy for the tool vendors because the tool vendors can say, oh, my tool is effective against CAG control number one, number five, number seven, or maybe it's just number four. And that's very valuable because what we've asked them to do is describe how their particular tool is effective in implementing the control and then we also ask them for a customer reference, government organization or some other large-scale organization that says, yeah, that, that tool actually does what is in the critical control. Being able now to make that information available to federal agencies and others is very helpful because often the, the marketing of the tools, you would often have the impression that the, you know, just buy this one tool, it does everything and your system is totally secure. And in reality, the tools have discriminating capabilities, but there's no common taxonomy. But the CAG can kind of serve as a taxonomy to say, ah, this tool is good in these types of controls. Also, what we found just the dialogue is often the tool vendors have said, well, my tool currently doesn't address this particular control, but I, I'm going to extend the tool so that it does. Or in other cases, a tool vendor would say, you know, my tool doesn't address the control number 7 and 11, but somebody else's tool does. We're going to form a partnership with them so that we can jointly go to market and begin to give a more integrated solution to federal agencies. So that all has been very positive. The other area that there's been some discussion is in most cases, agencies will need um, a collection of tools. And so we have started some discussions with various organizations saying, all right, can we define what is the, if you will, the integrating framework that these tools can all plug into so that Every organization doesn't have to go buy uh, translators or doesn't get stuck with some kind of proprietary solution that, uh, that sort of locks them in to a particular vendor's, you know, integrating architecture. Finally, and I, and I think DHS is planning to move in this direction. They've got a lot of things on their plate. But the objective would be to go to GSA and have GSA put out solicitations for tools, again, using this taxonomy against the critical controls, and where the, then we can get quantity discounts, we can get updates, we can drive the tools to meet the types of objectives that we want for the federal government. And the agencies can then go to GSA and say, gosh, these are proven tools. They align with individual controls. I know what they're going to do. And hopefully over time, the other thing we can do with working with GSA is begin to have some them open, non-proprietary way of gluing them together using things like, if you're familiar with SCAP, the Security Content Automation Protocol that NSA and NIST have co-developed with work that MITRE had done, which allows you to get greater degree of interoperability among the tools. That's been the focus and uh, likely for the near term will continue to be the focus. At some point, probably makes sense to extend the CAG so that let's get 21 through 25. You know, what are the next set of controls that now that most organizations maybe have made substantial progress. There certainly are other areas that one could address. Hope would be maybe at that point when it needs to be extended, maybe, you know, NIST working with DHS could maybe take that on, but we'll see. We'll see where that goes. That's John Gilligan and I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com, an information security media group. Thanks for listening.